Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Smartwater. Not satisfied being like other brands, Smartwater looked up at the clouds and said, I wonder if we can one-up Mother Nature for a purer, crisper taste. And guess what? They did. Smartwater. Vapor distilled for purity, electrolytes for taste. Ooh, welcome back to the Eater Upsell, a podcast from the Vox Media Podcast Network. My name is Daniel Janine. I am a producer here at Eater. My co-host, Amanda Clute, is gone. She is away on maternity leave. So you are stuck with me for a few months. I'm I'm envious, you know? I'd love to. <laughs> Whatever. Um, on today's episode of The Upsell, we are lucky enough to be joined by Samin Nostrat, the author of Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat, which I'm sure everyone knows it was a massive smash in 2017. And more recently, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat on Netflix. Samin's four-part series. Each episode follows one of the themes of the book. We had Samin on about two months ago to talk to us about what went into turning the book into a show. And we also get into some backstory. So if you're not aware of her, I would go back to the episode from October 10th and check that one out before listening to this one. What we talk about with Samin today is what life is like after the Netflix release and going from someone who is well-known to extremely well-known and what she wants to do with her new notoriety and kind of the the difficulty now that everyone is asking her for something just like I just like I asked her to be on the show but she's really 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 one of my favorite people to talk to after the interview I brought her into the main area where all of team eater sits and I have never seen our team react to someone the way that they did I think her show just made so many people feel so good and at the same time be on some panels and and write about some really tough issues so I think the food world and the regular world world are really, really lucky to have Samin. And yeah, I don't really know what else I can say about this one, except that you will enjoy it and except that if you are not subscribed to the show to hit that subscribe button and make sure to give us five shiny stars on the podcast platform of your choice, Apple Podcast, etc. And here is Samin Nasrat. I don't think we're going to do much of a intro or backstory, but when you came on, I think it was Why a, would we? a month, like October 10th or something like that. Yeah, like six weeks ago. Feels like just yesterday. We were like five days away from the Netflix drop. Yeah. No, one day. It was the day. It was before. the next day. Yeah. Uh, so anyone who doesn't, if you, where have you if, been? If you don't, if you know, somehow have made your way to this podcast. If you're listening to the second Samim <laughs> podcast, <laughs> you should rethink your podcast listening strategy because if you don't know who she is and it says like part two, <laughs> that's just like pretty dumb. But if you don't and that's you, you should go six weeks ago. <laughs> And uh, listen to the first one because it's a it'll be a better introdu- uh, introduction into who she is. But if that's you and you're here, then welcome. welcome. Thank you for being here. Uh, <laughs> we wanted to talk about Netflix fame. I'm going to talk to you about oh, my oh. anxieties. Okay, so, I have a lot too. So I'm, I have a lot of anxieties. Yeah, see Happy if we uh, see you. if we have any crossover, mm-hmm. um, any overlap. I remember when you when you were saying the show was coming out, you were like more. Uh, you were more. You're like I'm ready, ready, but ready for the show. I have an article coming out on Candy that I'm bugging out about. Um, but what was it like? Because I think like at that point you were probably just exhausted with the show, so you you couldn't feel any more show stuff. Like, what was that ambivalence coming from? Uh oh, first real question. Shit. No, I'm just thinking. There's like a lot. I'm 
if anything, there's more, there's been more, I'm more exhausted now for sure. Like things are so different. Um, I don't, I can't answer your specific question about why I felt that way at that time. I think it's because I knew something was coming and I couldn't picture what it was going to be like. Mm -hmm. And I for sure had fear because there's this, all this buildup. So one of my fears was what if nothing happens? What if no one watches this? What if I like let everyone down at Netflix and you know, all that stuff, um, which luckily that part didn't happen. But um, then the other stuff was more just that I couldn't imagine what the response would be and what how it would affect me and how it would change my life. Mm-hmm. And again, like it's only been six weeks. And also like, let me tell you some perspective here. I know I'm not whoever plays Spider-Man. Like I'm not... Ariana Grande, you know Grande Tom something. <laughs> right. I'm not the, you know, I am like in the small scale of my own puny existence, things have changed. But also I have enough perspective to understand like, A, the, this is all, none of this stuff lasts forever. And B, like it's not the same as being a movie star or anything like that. So all that being said, there's a lot coming at me and it feels like a tidal wave. And some days I'm like, what is this? And it's really hard. Um, I had a nice five-day break over Thanksgiving. I was in Point Reyes with friends, and we basically had never changed out of our pajamas and did puzzles and, like, watched terrible movies. It was like, so yeah. nice, you know? That was really necessary because there's just a way now where there's so much energy output anytime I'm out in the world. And a lot of times when I'm not even out in the world because everyone wants something, like, you know, um, I get so much email, so much just and sometimes all they want is acknowledgement they don't even want any but and i wish i had it in me to acknowledge every single mm-hmm. like piece of things coming my way but it's more than any one person can handle and i'm in a lot of ways under resourced like i don't have an assistant i don't have the kinds of things that i think people who get this much attention typically have in place to help them along so i'm trying to fix that but those things also cost money. I'm just figuring, there's a lot for me to figure out. And so I'm just sort of trying to hold on in the meantime. I have incredible publicists. I have an incredible agent. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't really have somebody helping me with like the day-to-day existence, which at this time seems like my biggest challenge is just like making it from day-to-day sometimes. And then like, for example, I was at the I was in LA. Oh, because the fires were so intense right. in the Bay Area. So I went to LA to like escape the smoke and I was staying with friends who are both directors, like they're both in the film world. And they were like, let's go to the farmer's market. And I was like, I said, I'll go to the farmer's market with you. I 100% want to go, but I need you to understand that that's like going to ground zero for me. Like, <laughs> because right now, like I get recognized everywhere. Like even in places I thought were sacred, like no talking zones, like the subway car, people will talk. And usually a lot of people recognize me and then... They kind of whisper to whoever they're with or do a double take. I can see people recognizing me. Mm-hmm. And that's a Sometimes new thing, right? that's a new, yeah, on this level for sure. Then I see them like having, an, and then they're kind of, there's a way wherever I know in a public place that people are looking at me. And then usually one person will sort of like can't contain themselves and comes up to me with some the exclamation, yeah, of like joy and love and, and gratitude. And I'm so grateful for that. And so then I respond to that. And then that sets off a chain reaction to all the other people people who've been holding it in. Oh, she's one of the nice celebrities. 
And so it's a weird, and it's hard. Like it can be definitely on the, you know, on the one hand, it's an incredible privilege to have people sure. care what I have to say, and that like what I have said has some impact on people is amazing. And on the other hand, I'm just one person who's like very tired right now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm trying to figure. I've like tried to put in some um, protective mechanisms. Like I bought um, really big wireless headphones Mm -hmm. that I wear when I go to the grocery store, (laughs) you know, which are kind of like a signal of like, please don't talk to me. And so, or I try to not make eye contact. I look down a lot. My friends are like, you should wear a baseball. I was like, I have curly hair, curly hair. People can't wear baseball games. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. I'm figuring it out. What were the, what were the amazing feelings when it, uh, some of the mail, I wish I had enough time to read the mail because the mail has in some ways been like the, the high point. There was one letter that came like two days after I saw you, twenty less than twenty four hours after the show came out. Yeah. I got one letter that was so brutal. It was this woman who was like, "My," it was so crazy because it was so unemotional. The letter and it didn't even have a greeting. It, it didn't even say like, "Dear Simeon." It just said, "I assume you're getting an inf- like a crazy influx of messages like this. I don't expect a response." It said, "My daughter is like has this and this and this mental illness. She's been in the psych ward for the past eighteen days." Um, we came home and watched the first two episodes of your show. She's been nonverbal basically because she's so, you know, mentally ill. And, um, the next day she woke up and she was, and she made pesto in a mortar and pestle and something else. She baked a pizza or something. And she turned to me and said, I really like her. She seems nice. And even though she knows a lot and she's been doing this for a long time, she's curious and she asks questions. That's what the daughter yeah, said. And, the, and then the mom like emailed me this thing and I was like weeping. I forwarded it to everyone at Netflix. I wrote her back. I just was like, this is bananas. This is bananas. Even that one thing, I think, is more than anything, you know, and um, more like more powerful than probably anything I'd could have experienced but so many people are like oh my gosh my kids eat their vegetables now or I have never cooked a chicken before and I feel like I can do it there's so much of that which is amazing but I kind of can't go it's hard for me to go on the internet like because so many there's just so much coming at me so um I really limit I limit that it's weird I'm retreating in a lot of ways it's it's like the most public I've ever been and Mm -hmm. yet like the most weirdly yeah. <laughs> private that I ever have felt. I mean, I value my. I'm I I'm like a city stalker. Like I wander around in headphones, go to the gym, <clears throat> go eat on my own. I I don't know what I would be able to do. Like that's my recharge time, and I think we talked about that a little bit. You love that stuff. Yeah, yeah. I love the and idea like just, that the Berkeley Farmer's Market is like off. off oh, it was now. the Hollywood Farmer's oh, Market, which was even more <laughs> bananas. Like, yeah, I mean, I haven't gone to the Berkeley Farmer's Market in a long time. Like, there's just, uh, yeah, Berkeley people have a funny relationship to mm-hmm. public people. They feel like they're too good to notice, yet they're like so curious, just like everybody else is. And so, right. Berkeley. Um, I don't know. What else can, but yeah, it is. The nice thing about New York is it's so big. Mm -hmm. I think what's weird about it when you're me is that people really feel like they know me, you know, from the show. And because I was truly myself, but that was just one part of me. So there's a way where if I, when I see a celebrity in a restaurant or on the street, like it would never occur to me to run up and give them a hug. 
you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas people feel completely entitled to come hug me, you know, and touch me and talk to me in a way because they feel like they know me. And part of that was me doing my job. I mean, a long time ago, I set out to be your kitchen friend and to make you feel like you have somebody there to hold your hand and to guide you in these in this thing. So it means I'm doing a good job at the thing I set out to do. And on the other hand, I'm like, oh, boundaries, like it's a really weird thing. Yeah. And I don't say any of this because I'm ungrateful or that it, it doesn't feel good, but sometimes I'm really tired and I feel like I even have told people I'm tired and still like I get caught in a 20 minute conversation, yeah. you know? And so I'm like, wow, like this. Well, is, everyone yeah. thinks that they're more exciting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think that moment where people go from being n- very well known in um, amongst cooks, amongst like home cooks to being like to beyond to actually famous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is fascinating, especially for people that are very kind and also heady like it. It sucks a lot of times, I think. I th- I feel really weird. <laughs> I feel really weird. I'm curious. I'll be curious to see how long this lasts. Part of me is like, maybe it'll go away. Um, but I also view it as a responsibility. And, you know, people keep reminding me, like especially other people who have a platform remind me that it's a privilege and it is a, and it's not like I sit at home complaining about this all the time this is just one part of it right of course but um it is a privilege it's a privilege to have people care what i have to say there's an incredible power that comes with it that i am really curious about and also kind of terrified of um and 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 also in some ways really excited to see what I get to use that power to do, you know, and I That's think. That's what the people want to know. Yeah, yeah. And so I have so many different ideas about or just understanding, even like in the simplest, dumbest forms. Like I have twice as many Instagram followers now, you know, or whatever. So like when I say something, you know, the other day, yesterday, actually, these um, delightful young men, beautiful, brawny young men named Something I can't remember their names. Um, Keith is one of them. <laughs> Keith. Um, I hope this is they, like a twin account or something. Yeah, like. no, they have. That would be amazing if it was a twin account. They have a um, a company in West in Virginia in Charlottesville called Blanc Creatives. They make these incredibly beautiful um, carbon steel pans, like the most beautiful pans I've ever seen, and the best pans I've ever used in my life. Really? Like the best, and it's a gift that I give to. Them. And they're not cheap; they're expensive. And I talked about them on a podcast where I recommended, like, I did a high-low. So I said, like, cast iron pans or this, like, Blanc Creatives pan. And that podcast gets, like, a bajillion listens. And so they emailed me yesterday. And that was maybe two months ago that I did that. And they emailed me yesterday and they were like, you have exploded our business. Uh Like, from that one mention on that one podcast, we have sold so many. Thank you so much. It's changed our entire small business. And You're that like, oh great, but make sure I still get my orders. <laughs> no, I'm sure out. they will. Like, uh, it's it's they actually just filled. I just sent a bunch of thank yous, and they just saved. But um, you know, like to understand that that I can like mm-hmm. move stuff for makers for people who are doing beautiful work, and honestly, like the soy sauce from the show sold out. Like all of the available soy sauce was gone within 24 hours. Yeah, the you know like or. And then it was funny because then I recommended other soy sauce from another amazing importer. And then I randomly bumped into the the guy that owns that company just ran like a few weeks afterward in San Francisco. And he's like, Simeon, our business is exploding because you've recommended it three times. Like, 
stuff like that, that I have the power to send people and money and resources to things that I think matter and things that I want to save and yeah. help and promote is really amazing. Like I, I know I've always had some measure of that, that I could say buy this knife or whatever, but that like the level of it has upped by a lot and that feels amazing, you know, and I feel that it's a privilege that I need to take all really good care of and I have to be really careful of. In fact, my book right now is like um, the price is reduced on Amazon and I have really conflicted feelings about Amazon, like really conflicted feelings because as an author, Mm -hmm. I rely on them for a lot of my income and also Amazon. Like, yeah. And so the other day I, th- I thought really hard. I was like, what do I do? Do I tell people that it's only $16 or do I just like, do I promote this or not? You know, and I do a lot of promotion of small bookstores. So I felt okay, like doing that one. But I don't know. It's I, I, I feel the weight of my words yeah. in a way that I have never felt. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Smartwater. Not satisfied being like other brands, Smartwater looked up at the clouds and said, I wonder if we can one-up Mother Nature for a pure, crisper water. And guess what? They did. This is the kind of water that regular water gets jealous of. It's the water that refreshes like no other brand. Try it. Smartwater. Vapor distilled for purity. Electrolytes for taste. A lot of it you loved, right? But a lot of things you would love to see done differently if you were to ramp up again in terms of like who was behind the camera and those teams that were out with you. I mean, we had, we had a mostly female production team. So that was that I didn't, yeah. Like I actually felt, I just feel like I, now I get power again. Mm -hmm. I get power. (laughs) Like the more of this you do, the more power you get. So I get a little bit more say every time. Yeah. And, um, and I'm going to demand my power from now on. Like there was a lot of me, and this is something I do in all parts of my life, not wanting to cause any trouble, just be easygoing, don't want to complain, don't want to be the squeaky wheel. So there was a lot of stuff where like I held it in and um, I'm realizing like maybe I didn't need to do that. And maybe it's okay to throw the tantrum once in a while. And maybe it's okay to say, no, I really believe in this. And from now on, you know, like now I have a little bit more weight in this world or in this weird new industry that I've never yeah. been in. And so maybe the next time I can, you know, insist on certain things. And I'm I'm already learning that to some extent as a writer that I get to insist. And so there are times where like people mm-hmm. have asked me to appear on panels or um you know, and I'll and they'll send me the list of the people and I'll say, I won't come do that unless you diversify this. I refuse to be the only non-white person. Or, um, and then, and to me I have, because I think the ultimate power is the power to say, no, that I don't need to do this thing. And so I don't need to be on your panel. If you're not going to make it the thing that's going to be, you know, good for more than just me, then I don't need to be there. I, in fact, I woke up a few, a few weeks ago maybe a month ago now I woke up kind of like in a cold sweat and I just was like, this is going to get lonely really fast. I don't read most of the press. I don't look at most of it. There's like entire teams of publicists who scrutinize all that stuff. And so only when something is like really hilarious or or thought provoking, do people send it to me? Like my friends will text it to me. So there are a few that I've read that have been so moving and so amazing and really that are like lauding me. I think putting a little bit too much sort of, I don't know, whatever groundbreakingness on my shoulders. <laughs> and I appreciate that, but there are more than just me for sure. But I was like, oh, this is going to get lonely fast because people are calling me, 
you know, whatever they want to call me in this, in the, on the, the food TV. Yeah. The, all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the thing is, is already to some extent in the cookbook world, I am like, You're already the savior. I'm not the savior of it, <laughs> the but I'm coming. Of, yeah. Was but it Jesus. Or, yeah. Uh, I don't know. In the cookbook world, I'm certainly, certainly in terms of general cookbooks. Oh, Julia. Child. Uh, Isn't it? Can I just say it's so weird? It's so ridiculous. I feel like I hear you intro on things and they're like, uh, what's called the second coming of Julia Child by, by NPR. Like, yeah. what, I don't is, know. I why don't is that know. the thing that people latch on to? I have no idea. The cookbook won all the awards. Yeah, I know. I don't know. But like, yeah. Oh, so it's like, in the cookbook world, usually brown people and non-white people, when they write cookbooks, a ver- variety of forces and or desires guide them toward writing books about their own culture and, ba- and like and like yeah cultural background. And so I happen to be the anomalous one who's a brown person who wrote a general cookbook that was accepted into the canon. I can't really think of any others that have been like so accepted that are by non-white people and so it's pretty annoying because I'm the one that every time gets asked to be on the panel and like and recently I actually like wrote a pretty scathing email to a book festival when I said diversify this panel and their response was to put me on the diversity panel and I was like no 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 I didn't I specifically wanted you to diversify your general cooking panel because I don't want to be the only one only voice here I want you know when you put me on the diversity panel what that means is like there's the caribbean person the asian person you know the like vietnamese lady yeah. the indian guy and me and so by definition the topic of that panel is our identity and not our work and that's not we are more than just that our identities so let us be on these panels and so and there you know and when i woke up a f- few weeks ago and i was like oh god like this is a lot that people are sort of putting on my shoulders as whatever I mean for TV or for food TV. And it's going to get really lonely because this is only going to get more amplified. And so that means I need to get like a fire under my ass, a hustle big time and get and pull as many people up with me as fast as possible so that I'm not the only one that they can think of because it's not fun. It's not going to be fun to be alone. It's not, you know, there's nothing good that comes out of me being more than right. all the rest. No, no, no. Like I I think, you know, it's funny we talk about like diversity and um I've been thinking lately about like what a great measure for diversity really is going to be is not when like all of the excellent brown and black and asian and queer and non-binary people, you know, have their shows and books and columns. It's when all of the mediocre brown and black and because there's so much white mediocrity, there's so many voices. And so it's not like, why do black people or brown people have to be excellent to get their voice in there? Everyone should be, you know, there should be so much total. That some of it sucks. (laughs) That some of it sucks. Yeah. Instead of only like the people who have to like bend over backwards and get the scholarships Mm -hmm. and be the achievement machines. Like it's insane. And so to me, that's the stuff that's fueling me and I'm thinking about in the back of my mind is not like, oh, how do I make a million dollars on my next project? It's how do I get 
what I really want out of this, which is not only money for myself to live and maybe one day buy a house or what, or not freak out, but also get this whole community, you know, really like lifted up. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. I don't know. I mean, again, like there are for sure limits. I had one successful four part series. It's not like I'm the queen of network television. Like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, I understand there are limits to what I can insist on. It's funny though. It kind of feels like it a bit. Yeah. I mean, we're, we live in a tiny corner of the world, Daniel. You and yeah. Me. yeah. With no windows. For yeah. Not even yeah. this room, but the next one. Totally. So does that mean like, does that mean you're, you're going to have to do more TV stuff? Yeah. I think, you know, what I would really like to do, I really enjoyed the idea. I really enjoyed the chance to have a new medium for storytelling. That was really cool. And I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I could or would. And, and TV just reaches a totally different amount of people. It's like so right. much more. You could have the most successful that we, book. That's how we got you to come yeah. back. There's regular to- famous and there's Netflix famous. <laughs> to- and totally. you're like, okay, I'll come back to talk about it. <laughs> I'm just going to say that to everyone. I don't actually. Well, see, I didn't. That was Vanessa's choice. That was the publicist's choice. What? <laughs> to come back? <laughs> the Netflix famous part. I oh. don't know. Don't remember that. <laughs> she, Thank you, Vanessa. <laughs> I love her so much. Um, I would have come back just for the Doritos. So... <laughs> Can we just tell the story? Okay. Well, hold on. Let's. I'm just I'm just dragging Daniel so hard right now, you guys. Well, it's not as bad as when I came to see you in the lobby, and you were like, you turned to Vanessa, and you're like, what did I say? Oh, Vanessa. Hey, Jen. Like Vanessa, what was I saying? Was the appearance I was going to do that I was most excited about? And I was like, oh, that's so sweet. And you were like, oh, right, the Popeyes thing that we're going to later. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> I was just trying to explain to you that I'm really excited about all the junk food I get to eat, okay? Great. Well, so I guess all it takes to get some... It doesn't matter. You don't need a good, funny person, whatever. You just need just a Popeyes. Doritos. Yeah. <laughs> a Dorito. Uh, so you were excited about the new platform and... Yeah, I'm really excited about it. No and I the like a new... Yeah, a new media form. So I'm not so... I don't feel like so motivated that so my place... has got to be VR. Totally. Oh my God, that would be amazing, actually. Oh! <gasps> That's kind of brilliant. Um, you don't feel your places. I don't think my life dream has ever been to be on TV. I don't think. I think I'm good at it. I'm happy to do more. But my ulti- ultimate motive is to like get to a place where I have the power to help tell a lot more stories and shine the light on other people, which probably means like a production company, yeah. you know, or and so. You know, I have, there are so many, especially food stories, but beyond, like, there are just so many things. So if I can be the little toehold, you know, for, or foothold or fingerhold or whatever the they all, metaphor is. I think is. they all make sense, but I think that people need to climb on you to get there, right? Yeah. Okay. So if I, yeah, I can give you a little boost. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Foothold works. Yeah, Let's yeah. Move on. <laughs> if I can be the, you know, if I can be that for other people, then, um, to, help get their stories out there and help increase representation. I mean, there were so many things, there have been so many think pieces written about me, which is so weird. (laughs) And I'm, I, I honestly didn't expect or hope or even think that, um, so many things that people have noticed about the show would get noticed and not only noticed, but really seen and appreciated. Yeah. Like, um, and things that maybe were only like passing thoughts in my mind have gotten entire articles written about them. So (laughs) the idea, like, and even honestly, just the idea that I am a person who is not stick thin and not white, who's a woman who's on camera eating and taking joy, a lot of joy, visible joy out of eating seems to be like 
kind of a groundbreaking thing that doesn't happen a lot. And that and you were like, I'm hungry. Yeah. And I was like, I just want to eat this delicious like ice cream or whatever. And so, wow, like people are really, I mean, forgive the word use, but hungry for that. So if one thing can make people lose their minds so much, then why shouldn't we be giving them more until this is totally normalized? So I think, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel... Like, I have a pretty good sense for storytelling, and that's one of my strengths. I think sharing the light with other people is yeah. a strength, and I would love to be able to use both of those. But it's a new industry, and it's a new thing I don't know a lot about, so probably to get to the point where I like have the kind of say to get my own stuff made and get money for that, um, I probably do have to do some more some more in front of the camera stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, like, in the way the show functions with the, the modules... Right. Like it just seems it seems like all the people you highlighted all have all could almost break off and do their own stories. Right. Like I think I think that would be so awesome. Like in a in a longer extended version of another thing, you meet someone and then they they get their whole own episode. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I definitely think so. It's curious, you know, um, it'll be really interesting. Netflix doesn't share data and I, I don't. They're incredibly data driven, but like I don't know any mm-hmm. numbers and I don't know which episodes are the most popular or which ones people are rewatching or anything. But I have my own like anecdotal data from the internet. Yeah. And it's what's interesting is there were so many things that I thought would be the winners or I thought would be like the clear standouts or I thought would be the the elements of the show that people were really drawn to. And they're fine and then they're unti- like for example. All throughout the making of the show, my executives from Netflix were like, remember, this is not a travel show. This is a cooking show that happens to travel. So, like, you don't get to go do your roller coaster ride. Like, you're not going to go do, like, swimming with the dolphins. Like, this is you cooking and teaching us how to cook. And that's the ultimate point. So we always had to return to that, like, in, in coming up with our ideas and the way it was edited and everything. And what's really surprised me, and it, who knows, it may be that people were really hmm. excited about this. It may, I think some of it has to do with the fact that Anthony Bourdain passed away since we finished making the show, is that the travel element of it people are obsessed with. And they're obsessed with the fact that like there's not really ever been a brown lady travel host. And there's they're obsessed with the way that I'm able to be in other people's spaces. And so maybe that's something that like we didn't consider at all before. And maybe that will be what makes sense to do as the next show. I mean, I also think there's an argument, a really strong argument to be made for more episodes of this one. I think we could go to every country in the world and continue learning stuff. Not that there's anything wrong with this, but I definitely felt like when it came back to your kitchen, like the plane had landed. Mm -hmm. And that's fine. I mean, because like I love the way it moved like that. But I've. I love the lofty stuff. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that was also the evolution of making it. You yeah. know, we we didn't make it exactly in the order of the show. Mm-hmm. Like we shot Mexico last, but we shot Italy first. And I think that's pretty visible because like there isn't as much sort of in the kitchen with me time. Mm-hmm. Whereas then by the time we got to we did Berkeley second by then we and Berkeley, we always knew would be sort of the, the yeah coming home to land. And then by the time we did. Oh, no, sorry. We did Japan second. And then we did Berkeley and then we did Mexico. And then we went back and shot the scene for Japan where I'm cooking in a kitchen with Jasmine. So that was the last sort of tweak to make even the Japan episode a little bit more homey. Mm -hmm. And I think there's definitely a thought that the fourth episode is like a backdoor pilot for like a more traditional sort of stand and stir cooking show. Yeah. 
but I'm not sure. I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I have some ideas about how I could saminify a, a stand and stir show and make it really like charming and different and unexpected and fun. Um, but I don't know that that's what I want to do. I don't know. There's so many conversations that still have to be had with so many people who own different pieces of me. <laughs> and also like my heart, I need to figure out in my heart what's gonna, cause yeah. that's the lesson I keep learning. Like when I was doing that freaking candy story, it was really clear to me when I do say it something because I feel like I should do it rather than I want to do it, it doesn't feel good. It makes me miserable the whole time. So I really want to be clear about wanting to do the next thing. And there's too much noise around me right now. Like there's too much. I'm in the middle to like hear what it is. So I just want to be really like smart and careful and strategic. And also like remember that I'm a human who just turned 39 and like I have limited energy and limited everything but also I'm tired like I took me a lot of years to write that book I've been talking about that book nonstop. we made the show I've been talking about the show nonstop. like I have other things in my heart too I just need to quiet down so I can figure out what they're telling me have you, <laughs> you know t- yeah yeah I'm gonna take a break next year just an actual break because mm-hmm. I remember you were saying I'm gonna take six weeks off or I'm yeah I'm take- taking I'm like going to the desert and like no, no yeah like are you gonna going off learn any new kind of ancient styles of yoga or something like that I, I think I want to get a dog so I'll probably be do- training pra- puppy training <laughs> uh, <laughs> I have some writing to do and some yeah. reading I um I I'm not allowed if I don't know if I'm allowed to say this I'm doing a fun project that I'll be reading a lot for. I can't imagine I can't say it. No, I'm sure you can say the it. contract's done. Yeah. I'll just say it. Just say it. I'm just okay. going to say it. I mean, yeah. Sorry, Houghton, Houghton, I don't even know how to pronounce the publisher. Houghton Mifflin. Houghton Mifflin. Houghton, no, Houghton Mifflin. Houghton, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm going to be edit. Sorry. I don't know. Am I going to get in trouble? Nah, I don't I'm, think so. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to edit um, next year's Best American Food Writing. So, oh, amazing. Which is actually the 2018 one. Thank you. So I'm going to be reading. You have some power. I'm going to yeah, I have some power, and I have some power to do exactly what I want to do. So I'm going to be reading a lot of food writing for the first few months of 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And training a dog. <laughs> and maybe training a dog if my landlord lets me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, thank you so much for for uh, for for coming back. Oh my god, anytime. You have the best snacks in town. Ugh. <laughs> God, one day I'll be validated. Do you feel validated? Have you been validated by your your? Uh, no, obviously not. I'm a <laughs> child of immigrants. Like, does not happen. Yeah. Although my mom, my mom had like was like I saw a couple minutes of your show. It's not yeah, kind of like. Well, even better than that, I was talking on um, you know, the lovely Francis Lamb is the yeah, host of the Splendid Table, and they have Turkey Confidential on Thanksgiving, and right. so my mom was listening to it, and Francis and I had this whole tangent where we were talking about our love of celery and how it's very important and underused Underrated. ingredient. Yeah. And then my mom texted me and she was like, I listened to you on the thing and then I went and ate carrot stew, like Persian carrot stew, or uh, celery stew, Persian celery stew. And That's I was like, that was the first time. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, yeah. it's like celery and meat, basically. And it's really delicious. And um, I was like, oh my God. Like she... Like, listen to my thing. She listened to me talk about how much I love celery. She ate this thing, and she understood that, like, connecting those things and sending them to me meant that she was, like, appreciating, appreciating my thing. thing. Yeah. I had never thought about that because, like, maybe she does appreciate it, but she doesn't realize that the best way for showing that is her saying, hey, to- I made this Totally. Thing. I thought you were going to say, and she's like, congratulations, I love Francis Lamb. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> no, I think for her, like the biggest celebrity moment was when her physical therapist was like, I'm a fan of She's your daughter. Like, I mean, I have the best physical therapist. Yeah. <laughs> no one in the world is as competent as my physical therapist. Nothing you could ever do would change the world in a way that physical therapist has changed me. And she recognized you. Basically. Oh, geez. Um, cool. I'm going to end the recording. Okay. Bye. Um, oh, wait, what do you, do you want people to Instagram, follow, see the Netflix thing, avoid Amazon, go to their local bookshop? Be nice to each other. Oh, God. All right. Ellen. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, you can find all of Samin's information in the description, and you should follow her on all platforms, or, I think. I mean, you should. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to The Eater Upsell. You can follow Samin on all platforms at Chow Samin, C-I-A-O-S-M-S-A-M-I-N, Chow Samin. Um, As always, if you are not subscribed, please subscribe to the show and give us five stars on all the platforms. Download other platforms and give us stars on those, too. We will be back on Friday with a very special conversation. You are going to want to tune in for that one. But until then, have a fantastic remainder of your day, and we will see you soon. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Smartwater. Not satisfied being like other brands, Smartwater looked up at the clouds and said, I wonder if we can one-up Mother Nature for a pure, crisper water. And guess what? They did. This is the kind of water that regular water gets jealous of. It's a water that refreshes like no other brand. Try it. Smartwater. Vapor distilled for purity. Electrolytes for taste.